Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, again to the podcast. It's so good to have you with us. Have you ever had that horrible feeling just come up in your chest, or maybe you feel it in the pit of your stomach when you realize that you've made a mistake? When you see that you failed in some way or that you have not met the goal? This morning, we're going to be talking a little bit about perfectionism and what drives us to want to be without error or flaw. I want to say welcome to my co-host, Norma. Hi, Kerry. Um, so glad to be back and welcome and hello to everyone listening. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be perfect and what it is that we're striving for when we are looking for perfection. And Norma, any thoughts to get us started off this morning? Yes, I think when we're talking about perfectionism, that it's it's an aspiration and it's something that we keep striving towards, but we just have to realize that we're never going to get there because perfect is, is I think, so subjective. Perfect to you and perfect to me might mean totally different things. And even for myself, perfect, there's no definition of perfect. Well, there is a definition of perfect, mm-hmm. but in my own mind, you know, I don't have a def- definition of perfect because it's, I think it's always changing because what I might find in my life right now being perfect in air quotes might not be perfect in a year's time yeah you're right I think what's really interesting to me is what drives this need to be seen as perfect and and I think because inside we all know that we're not I think we we would like other people to think that we were maybe we like to present some kind of image that seems to be without flaw And yet we all know that that's just not the truth. And so it's interesting, what is driving that desire or what we think even is a need to have that appearance? I think if I look back in my own life, we're going to miss everyone's sort of opinion and the negative feedback. So if it's perfect, then I think that I'm not going to be receiving negative feedback, which is also not true because my and we've said it, my idea of perfect and someone else's idea of perfect might might be two very different things. I had a client once who struggles with having a home that was disorganized and she would often be late and she was disappointed from targets that she missed or goals that she didn't even bother setting anymore. And there was just this real sense of hopelessness or disappointment for her. And I remember being shocked to discover that inside she had decided if it couldn't be perfect, that she wasn't going to show up for it at all. And so she kind of had this, well, I've already missed the mark. I know I can't be perfect. And so why even begin? And I I, I had never realized that that existed for people before. And now I was seeing the... Well, for for me, it created a sense of desperation. Like I felt so, 
I kind of lost and desperate in, in just entering into that with this client that I thought, wow, like, where would you begin to start to move forward if only perfection was acceptable? And then I just didn't even know at the beginning, I thought, where will we even begin? And of course, like we talked about in our last episode, we're starting to look for those small wins was really necessary to not have that really big picture and always be thinking about the whole, but just being able to look at even just a moment where we could enjoy something small and a win because of that. And it's so interesting then, I think what it looks like on the outside to the rest of the world or to somebody else, when a person really is a perfectionist in their heart, we expect that they probably show up professional and over the top perfect, but it's not always that way. It doesn't always display itself that way. I think when you spoke about this now, I, I realized that we, when we care a lot about something, we we want to do it the, in, in the best way possible. And I think in some way along the line, we need to define for ourselves what is good enough and not be spending so much time and effort on being perfect because perfect is subjective. So in, instead of wanting it to be perfect, maybe spending a bit more time on defining what, what good enough means for me and then going and doing that in a way that I feel this is good enough and, and doing that instead of that perfectionism consuming my entire life and maybe consuming all my time to go into this one thing. Whereas I might have a whole lot of things that is important or priority for me where I can be spending my, my time in, in a better way, prioritizing a whole lot of things instead of just being so consumed with this one area of life where I wanted it to be perfect. I was also thinking that I think in the past, I would have always thought that the perfectionist personality came from from within, like that type A personality that drives that. But I think in in my experience anyway, and with the people that I've spoken to, what I realize is it is more about that they've probably done something in their past, maybe as a small child, where they completed something and they kind of got a little bit of a reprimand or a not good enough response from the person in charge, you know, the adult in their life, right? And, and I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen. I'm just saying that then for the person who was trying, or maybe they weren't even trying, maybe they were just putting in a haphazard effort at the time, but the feeling that comes up, that, that emotion that ex you experience in that moment we decide we don't want to feel that way again. And so we're starting already at such a young age, trying to resist that feeling, that emotion of failure or of not being good enough, of resisting and really not ever wanting that feeling to come up again. And so it's a deep co concept, I think. And it's not just she's a perfectionist. That's just how she is. There's so much to it. Yeah, I agree. I think we are going to be saying no to a lot of opportunities. We're not going to be wanting to try things if we have that thought at the back of our mind 
that if it can't be perfect, then I don't even want to try. Or if I'm not good at it, then I'm not even going to try. Because the only way we can get better at something is by doing it and failing a lot and doing it a lot and practicing and repeating. And we all know that is where really success comes from. So yeah, I really feel that perfectionism keeps us back in, in a lot of our areas and it keeps us back from growing because growing comes from doing and failing and getting to know ourselves, overcoming right. these obstacles. That is the place where we actually grow. So we saying no to growth as well when we wanting to be perfect and, and then not taking opportunities or, or putting ourselves out there because we're scared that it's not going to be perfect. Just like we talked about celebrating wins it'd be really neat if we could learn how to practice having a little bit of failure <laughs> a little bit of missing the mark every day and realizing that oh yeah see this feeling is coming from I really tried hard and I didn't quite get where I wanted to go I mean we could actually celebrate that right like the the psychology of it to to really learn to embrace our mistakes and the feeling that goes with it and recognizing it for what it is and that this is really, this is like a rung on the ladder or this is a, a step on the path to where I'm going. I must be getting closer because I'm having these small missteps or mistakes along the way and, and learning that, oh, this is what it feels like to grow. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Sort of put it like a, a spin on it that is, is serving me in a way because I think what we make the failure mean will determine a lot what happens next. So if we make it mean there's something wrong with us or we're not good enough, then that's not something that we're going to be repeating. But if we sort of turn that story around and we use what you said, it's like, oh, this is what growth feels like. Or I'm so glad I did this. Now I've I found a way not to do this. If we, we say those like sentences to ourselves, that feels a whole lot better. And for someone that wants to be perfectionistic, I, I think that's sort of a starting point. If if that is something that you feel is maybe not serving you and you want to try an alternative how to live life, doing things where you have set your standard and my standard is this is good enough. I know I've, I've heard people avoid using the word failure. And I think what's really important to realize is that we really only fail when we quit trying mm. uh, or quit moving forward. And of course, I'm going to even qualify that and say that sometimes it's good to quit. You know, sometimes you realize this isn't where I want to go. I thought this is what I wanted. So I don't want to say that every time we quit, that that is a failure. Um, but we have, sometimes we win and sometimes we lose, right? And that is just such a really important part of life. I just had an example of this and it, we went uh, to a, an event this summer where kids were all participating in a game and we were not in our own country. And I say that just because it's not the typical Canadian way <laughs> of doing things, but I thought it was such an amazing opportunity where the kids came together, they co competed. It was at a rodeo and they're in the ring doing something. And he, he called out one or two people who won. And so he was celebrating the winners. He was giving them little awards and he had the, the rest of the children wait and, and recognize, recognize the kids who won. And then he said to the rest of them, you didn't win. <laughs> you don't get anything. And then he sent them all back. 
And I just thought it was so interesting because our tendency is to say, everybody's a winner. We win all the time. We do all that we can to make sure that we don't ever sense that emotion of, oh, I lost. I didn't win, you know? And I think avoiding that feeling is almost enforcing that it's bad to feel the feeling that comes from having lost or from losing. And it keeps us in this perfectionism realm, right? Where we're even protecting others from experiencing that feeling instead of saying, ooh, it really sucked to lose, didn't it? Or say, what does that feel like when you lose? And encourage, especially children, to talk about it and and to say, what would you like to do, try next time? How would you like, how could we do better? What does it feel like to win? And discuss that at, so it becomes more of an aspiration that we're, we're seeking the win, but we also lose and it's okay. It doesn't mm. kill us or crush us. Yeah, I think that is also part of where we celebrate when others are winning. Yeah. So to know that there's times where I celebrate others' successes and then there's times when other people actually celebrate my successes. And also it comes back to what we make it mean. If we don't make number one, then what do I make it mean when I'm second or third or when I'm 10th? What does it mean about me? And if we make it mean something bad, then we might at some point like decide to give up our passions or stop achieving or stop taking on challenges. And I think that's so unnecessary because what does it really matter who wins or who comes 100th? At the end of the day, it's, it's about me putting in the effort and, and learning and growing and seeing what I'm capable of, seeing my true potential. And that's what it comes down to for me. And I think we have to embrace both because it's inevitable. Both are going to happen. Right. I think it is so tied to our own self-worth usually, right? That that sense of if we think we've done something perfectly, that that somehow makes us more valuable or that we're mm. worthy at this point. And that's, we're no more worthy and we're no more valuable in that moment. And I think a person's worth and value is not determined by the win or or the loss, which I, th I, I think I'm kind of really repeating maybe some of what you've said but I think that's where we start to have that that strong desire to not experience the mistake or or something that wasn't perfect is because we think it, like you said it means something about us it means that our value isn't there anymore or that others might not recognize us as valuable because of this and so and then we go the far opposite too. We'll start saying, oh yeah, well, I'm just a hot mess and it doesn't matter. I just, oh yeah, I screw up all the time. And we kind of go down that road too. You notice that all or nothing, whereas we we don't just kind of come into the middle where we say, hey, I'm an, an amazing, valuable human being. And how can I celebrate where I am right today? I think it also, we perpetuate that cycle because just on the positive side, if or, or the, the side where we say we want to be perfectionists, it also works on the, the opposite side where we say, oh, I'm a hot mess. Because whatever we're repeating to ourselves, whatever thoughts we have about ourselves or what we believe about ourselves, that's really going like, to manifest in our life. So if I'm saying to myself, I'm a hot mess all the time, is that really what I want to be thinking? Because at the end of the day, that's going to create a certain outcome in my life. We might see it as something very innocent, but but is it really serving me? And does it give me the result that I want? Because that's what it comes down to. I think sometimes even replacing that word perfect, where what we might want to strive for is 
our best or excellence. If perfect's not possible, it's just an unreal expectation of ourselves and of other people. And it also leads to where now we need to control everybody and everything in our sphere to create this sense of something being perfect. And so we're just think about how that would um, affect a family or a business, a company that you work in, a church, if the idea is perfectionism versus doing things well and doing our what is our, our current best and, and striving maybe more for excellence and for getting things done versus just doing nothing because we sense we can't do it perfectly. Well, I think you bring something up uh, that is quite important is that we not only this perfectionism doesn't only impact ourselves, but it also impacts those people around us. So for, let's say I'm a perfectionist in my home, what is the impact on my family when I want everything to be perfect all the time? And I think that's maybe something to think about that all that we thinking and we are, we acting out also has a, like a, an effect on the people that's actually closest to us. On really what perfectionism, what does it destroy or maybe what does it prevent in our lives? Well, I think for me, it steals my joy. It's, it's a lie in the first place. And then I start pursuing it. And, you know, it just depends if I'm almost willing to do anything to get it then um, other people are going to suffer for sure. And so it's going to compromise my relationships with other people. It's going to compromise my relationship with myself because I already know it's ever elusive and, and false anyway. I, th I think the pursuit of perfection is a no-win situation as far as I can tell. Yeah. I also think that, that it keeps me from authentically showing up as myself because mm. I'm not totally sure that we will we will actually show up to our lives 100% authentic if we want to be perfect all the time because we are going to be like assessing who do I need to be right now to be perfect or what do I need to do right now in order to be seen perfect. So I think it totally takes away our authenticity and how we show up in our lives. And if we are a person that want to live in integrity, is that the way that you want to show up in your life? Because our thoughts and our actions and our values and everything, I want it to be aligned. So if I'm wanting to be perfect, that's not aligning with who I really want to be. That's such a good point. That's so true. And you just think about how many opportunities, how many situations really we rob from actually experiencing ourselves, you know, like in a family in any relationships that we're in, how that would just be so sad not to have you there, right? And that's what we're doing, mm -hmm. really, is, is we're depriving others of our presence, in a sense. So I think just to wrap up today, it was a great conversation about being perfect. And I think seeing what it creates in our own life and what it creates in the lives of the people around us it robs us from our joy, as you, Kerry mentioned, and we don't live in integrity. So we can decide today on purpose, what is our standard? And we can define what is good enough for us. And we don't necessarily have to be on either side of the extremes, being a hot mess or being perfect, but we can find something in the middle and brings back 
that joy and purpose and meaning in our lives. So thank you everyone for being here and thank you for listening and have a great week further. We will be back next week. Thanks. Bye. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.